0: It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining me for the Janice Dean Podcast. Today's Dean's List recipient is Ken Reedy. He works with YAI, the Young Adult Institute, as the Regional Support Supervisor for the Hudson Valley. Ken has been working with adults with disabilities for over three decades. During the pandemic, people with disabilities were many times overlooked. We, of course, were upset about our kids and the elderly. But what about those who live with disabilities and whose families care for them? Ken is someone who has been trying to raise his voice about the harms that were caused during the pandemic and the terrible circumstances that were amplified. It was not only tragic, but it presented situations that were impossible for families. Ken joined me on the podcast to highlight his advocacy and talk about the projects he's working on to try and change things for the better, creating new experiences for people living with disabilities. Needless to say, Ken is a force for good, and I am grateful to know him. Please welcome Ken Reedy on the Janice Dean Podcast. Ken Reedy, I want to read what you emailed our producers here, uh, first of all. So let's start off with that. It says... I've worked with adults with disabilities for almost 30 years, and over that time, the field as a whole has been underfunded, resulting in poor wages and an incredible lack of resources. The lack of appropriate funds has led to poor caretaking, pervasive abuse, and for those of us who care, a continual feeling of pushing an eight-ton boulder uphill. In 2020, in my building alone, we lost 14 people during the pandemic, 12 people with disabilities and two staff. The story was lost, not unusual for our profession and underreported. I'm so sorry about that.
1: Thank you. I appreciate I appreciate the fact that you, you read that and um, that at least right now, even though it happened in 2020, that we're, we're shedding a light on it. Um, But yeah, uh, sadly, our field, um, people with disabilities as um, a whole don't get enough media attention. Um, It kind of becomes that like political hockey puck that uh, if you're going to cut somewhere, uh, cut the funds to programs that service people with disabilities. And it's uh, it's sad and it's 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 time for it to stop.
0: Absolutely. I mean, this hits home for me because obviously over the last three years, I've been advocating for what happened in nursing homes. Um, And then some of those articles, when they talk about nursing homes, at the very bottom, they'll also say this happened in homes with disabled people. Um, I don't like to use the word disabled either uh, because I just feel like it kind of pushes us into I I want everyone to be able. And some uh, some people have challenges. Let's just say that.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, the the people with disabilities is is the term that we use, so yeah. it's it's okay. okay. Um, disability advocates, uh, yep. people with disabilities who have advocated, are cool with that term. Okay, at now. I'm glad you told yeah. me that. And so, I mean, it's not to say it won't change at some point, but uh, yeah, th- that is is totally acceptable. And and you're right. Like, if there's going to be a report about people with disabilities, it's it's going to be way at the bottom. Yes. you know, and. Um, you know, I mean, there's, there's stuff, I mean, I hope, I think we're going to go through like a real emotional kind of roller coaster here today, cause this is sad stuff, but I, I want to talk about some of the great stuff that happens. Okay. Um, you know, there's a lot of great things that go on when you're working with people with disabilities, but, um, yeah, there has to be some sort of, uh, change. There has to be leaders that will start to take it seriously. There has to be Media attention um, like this, and and more interviews like this with people in the field, and and honestly, people with disabilities to mm. to get their voices heard. Um, you know, again, lost when the pandemic hit. Uh, yeah, the what we call a day hab day habilitation center. So okay. a lot of people with disabilities will go there. It's kind of like a school like setting for adults okay. with disabilities. Um, at our Tarrytown. Uh, they have we have we range we have people who have the level of ability that, um, you know, we can get into it later, but I help run an entrepreneurialism program for people with disabilities. We have a woman who runs her own Etsy store, um, so we have that level, but we also have people who function at the level of an infant who are adults but you know need assistance with um toileting, with uh, toothbrushing, within we have wonderful staff that that do that, that help these humans. Uh, with these tasks, um, when the pandemic hit, the dayhabs closed and everyone was forced into if they lived with families back home, okay. most of which back into group homes. Um, and similar to your experience in advocating for people in nursing homes, uh, people tested positive for covid and were put right back into their residence. Uh. And the story was lost. Um, it was scary for staff. Uh, it was really scary for staff. I mean, at that point, people were dying. You know, you were seeing the images on the news of body bags. Body bags. And as workers, we're just being told, get to work get in the group homes, get to work.
0: Was it the same uh, type of executive order that nursing homes had that you had to take these residents without testing?
1: I I believe so, that we were just, we were told, I mean, they'd go to the hospital, they'd test positive, but then they would wind up coming back. Um, And, and, you know, the sad thing was for everybody involved, for for staff and for uh, people with disabilities, you know, the staff are worrying. You know, yes, what, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to my family? What can I bring had, home? Did you
0: have a choice to go into work?
1: I mean, we could quit. Ugh. You know, the, there was that. Uh, but no, but you're not passionate
0: really. people. You've picked this profession yes. for a reason.
1: Yes. And there are a lot of good people. There are a lot of good people in this field. Right. And the the good people stayed and fought the good fight. But it wasn't like it wasn't scary. Um, yeah. You know, there are many nights where you know i came home just sobbing cuz mm. i didn't know what i was i could be bringing home you know i made it a point like not to see my parents because you know i didn't know what could be on you know the the information was like we didn't know we didn't at, at know. the time and you know that was what the staff were dealing with and on top of that on the other side you have someone with an intellectual disability mm. who is really not understanding what's going on yes and we're trying to force them essentially to stay in their bedroom Mm. You know and and they want to come out, No, it 's their home you know they want to yeah. come out, they want to interact with their friends they 're not going to a day hab they 're stuck in their, their home now twenty four seven and now, if you tested positive you 're stuck in your home in your bedroom yes twenty four seven they 're not understanding that I should say that, like a lot of them didn 't understand of that of course, and it was just a really stressful time and and I understand that it 's the nature of the the beast on some levels. But the fact that the field is so underfunded, um, the salaries that, that people were making to do this is, is not enough to support a family, and the media just did not shine the spotlight on it at all, um, was, was very disheartening. And it really, it, it's added to the level of burnout um, within the field that I, I don't know if we've actually totally gotten out of it now. We're, we're talking we're on the verge of 2024, so we're talking four years. Of of a workforce that's that's pretty burned out.
0: Mm-hmm. And did this kind of you know with the nursing home issue, I found that not a silver lining at all because it's not. But it did shine a light on the already not so good issues that were happening inside of nursing homes. Um, and you know, I I don't mean to say that that's your facility, but just the fact of underfunded. Uh, not enough reason to get into this business. So I want to know why you did. Why you've been in this industry for thirty years? What what drove you to it?
1: Uh, I needed a job. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're
1: honest. Um, no, I'll be honest. Yeah, I, I. You know, and that's part of the, the the interesting thing about working in the field. No one dreamed of being in this field. It, it wasn't something that when you were seven years old, you're like, oh, I hope I'm working with intellectual disabled adults. You know. Yes. Um, But, you know, when you wind up in it, I mean, when the right people wind up in it. Right.
0: That's what we're talking about. uh, It
1: winds up being, it it becomes kind of a calling. Mm -hmm. And there's, there have been moments over the years that have just, you know, moments where I've been super burned out. And I'll be honest, I wasn't the best staff person. Um, But there are moments, and and as of now, really, where I've recognized that this is a calling. Yeah. I'm not gonna get rich working in this field. Um if I can continue to do things like this to expose um the ills of the field right. and, and hopefully prompt government, um, federal, local, state to to recognize uh, the problems. Um but but it's really become a calling. Uh you know, there've been some and I I have tons of stories, so I can I'll give some happy ones and some sad ones. Um okay. but I'll give you one that, that's a sad one and it and it hit me hard as far as um, where this field is and what it does and what it does to families. Yes. And there was a woman that I worked with who um, functioned, she was lower functioning, she was one of the ones kind of talked about needed assistance with uh, just about everything. But she was a fighter, uh, her name was Susan, and um, she was blind as well, and she had some pretty significant behavioral issues. Um, over the course of when I worked with her, we were able to resolve it, which uh, um, coming out of, like, I had no training, but I was able to figure it out working with our amazing behavior intervention specialist. Uh, her name is Inetta. And myself and Inetta um, put together a plan. We were consistent. And over the years, she led a, a pretty peaceful life. Um, sadly, down the road of peace, she wound up getting cancer and she passed away. And... Um, I was heartbroken. I mean, it was really tough for me to handle uh, her passing away because she taught me a lot about humanity, um, doing good. And I will never forget being at her funeral. Now I'm getting emotional. Um, But her mom looked at me and said, it's a really sad day. And then she said, I'm glad she went before me because I don't know who would have looked after her
0: mm.
1: and that 's a mom, yeah uh, you know and that 's i mean for parents it 's got to hit home, but a mom a mom to, a mom, for a mom to say i 'm glad she went first like that 's not the natural order thing, no parent wants that, right. but the, but the state but of the field honest. yes, that she just didn 't know when you look at the stats of abuse it 's pervasive it 's a rough go and you know, when you look at things in our field and you look at underfunding and you look at um, poor wages, um, you know, to me, it's like three things come out of that. You either hire the wrong people yeah, because you need people, mm-hmm. you need the staff ratios, you need to, so you just bring in people, you don't interview them maybe as harshly as you should. Yes. Um, the second factor is you keep the people that probably shouldn't be mm. in the field anymore.
0: Yes.
1: And the third, and this is the worst, you burn out the good ones. Yeah. The good ones get super burned out and you know, when when Susan's mom said that to me, it just it it broke me. It yeah. it really did. Um but over the years and and when you look at like blessings in disguise and and the pandemic, um you know, we lost all those people in in our building um i kind of started advocating for a memorial service I'm like we need we know we couldn't have wakes we couldn't have funerals, right. we couldn't have so i'm like we, yep. need, we need something people need something to process this yes. and as i advocated um yeah no one was really doing anything no. so i just decided i'm just gonna do it mm. i'm going to put together the memorial service and if i can look at anything that was a blessing in disguise during the pandemic i've, I've really taken the attitude now of um i'm just gonna do it just and do it. if ruffle some feathers then (laughs) you know maybe those are the feathers that need ruffling and uh just keep um doing what i'm doing yeah
0: i hear you it is scary but i feel like sometimes it is a, a calling to do this kind of work to bang on doors to make phone calls to lawmakers to put yourself you know in front of albany um and it's really tough and like you said it's a it's such a David and Goliath battle. Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. So tell me what you want to see in a perfect world. What would you want to happen?
1: Well, a perfect world at the very least is livable wages. Yes. Um, You know, uh, because I I think that there are people in the field we need to get out. Yes. I mean, that people that, you know, need to be fired because they're just incompetent. Uh Um, We need to bring better people into the field than the people that are there. like, Like I said, we need to compensate them. I don't know anyone in the field who doesn't work at least a second job, if not a third and a fourth. And the hours that they put in, are astronomical just to make ends meet. And and these are people, I mean, we have people that work in our field that are on public assistance and that's, I mean, they're working eight hours a day. Like that's in America caring for another human being, Mm -hmm. another human being that needs it for you not to be able to live on that salary is disgusting. It's like that shouldn't happen in America. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I worked with someone when we, we had to change our insurance package and it's funding through the agency and the insurance package was going to be when we change health insurance gonna be more out of pocket. And a mom, her name is is Madeline, and she looked at me and she in all seriousness, she's like, I don't know how I'm gonna put food on the table. Mm. But she's like she's working. Like she's yeah. and she's very good. She is very good at what she does. She helps run a, an art studio that I put together at Tarrytown. Um, she is excellent with the people, the individuals, but that's the reality that she literally was like, I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids. Yeah, And she's working eight hours a day. You know, she's got a full time job, it, mm-hmm. it's not someone who, you know, I, I hate to say it. And I'm not being disparaging, but someone who's taking advantage of the system. Like she's got a job. Right. She's got an important job. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's all too real. Um, but as we move on, I, I, doing things like this is, is most important, um, whether it's me or other people. or you, And again, I, I cannot thank you enough for helping to shine the spotlight, but it's attention. It, it really becomes like that squeaky wheel is going to get the oil. So where can we get the attention? Um, even like right now, and I'm, I'm really hoping it finds an audience, but we're filming a documentary. Uh-huh. Um, we, uh, the, I helped create a multimedia curriculum at Tarrytown and... Um, they, there was a dream of one of the individuals to make a horror movie. <laughs> he wanted to make a horror movie, so we decided, all right, well, we'll make a horror movie, and we came up with an idea. Well, he came up with the idea of making a zombie movie. Okay. Um, his name is Chris Daniels, and he loves movies. He <laughs> adores movies, and and he uh, you know wants to make the zombie movie. And I connected with a local filmmaker, yeah. and I just wanted him to meet a filmmaker because, so, like, this will be good for him to meet a filmmaker to talk craft and everything. And as we were walking out, we we're getting ready to go. And Josh, is, Josh Adler is the director of the film. Josh said, you know, any questions? Mm-hmm. And Chris looked at him and said, how do they make, how do we make a movie with people like us? They don't make movies with people like us. Uh, and if that doesn't yeah. just, yeah. And, and what was heartbreaking about it was like he wasn't. He wasn't advocating. No, he wasn't. It was just matter of fact. Yeah. He was just stating this is the world that I live in. That's right. And the world that I live in, they don't give us a chance to do this. Yes. So how am I going to do this? Right. Um, and it kind of hit home. And Josh the next day called me and he's like, I'm doing a documentary film. <laughs> I'm coming to your job. We're doing a documentary film. So, yeah. Is there so going to be
0: some zombies in there? Yes.
1: Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> In fact, I was, I was given permission, so if we have time after this, I do have, it's, it's, it's a rough draft of the first trailer okay, of the documentary, so I'll definitely show it to you, okay. but uh, yeah, so we're, we're actually making like two movies at the same time right that now, so we have the zombie awesome. flick, yeah. um, and the zombie flick, which is cool, as we were writing it, it's, it serves as a metaphor for society in general. All the people with disabilities know that there are zombies in our building. <laughs> All the neurotypical people won't believe them.
0: I love it. It's like you're, they're superheroes.
1: Yes. So they're the ones that are warning us and we're just, you uh, know, we, we play Matt. We're like, that's inappropriate. Do not talk like that. That is ridiculous. Uh, we're going to have to talk to your case manager and all dialogue like that. And they're pleading with us. And then, you know, like we wind up getting killed by zombies because we're not listening to them.
0: But I think that that's so important. Just representation, right? Yes. If, if, if. You, you can see someone that looks like you, behaves like you, then you feel like you're not alone in this world. And you can look at someone and say, oh, wow, that's awesome. That's, he's me or she's me.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. And, and, and the, the best comment I saw, I showed someone the trailer and she said to me, I didn't see any disabled people there. I saw a bunch of humans trying to make a movie.
0: Oh my goodness! And I was
1: like, "That's what we we wanted to do." And we and we, we really s- spent a lot of time. Like, we didn't want it to be this schmaltzy, feel sorry for people with disabilities kind of documentary. Like, we wanted it to be real, and yeah. we wanted to show real stuff. And there's real stuff in in this this picture. And um, so we have like the zombie picture that we're we're working on, and hopefully, when that's done, at least we want to get it at least in a theater so we can do like a big movie premiere because I, we really think that for them to see themselves on the big screen will like be like a top three moment in their entire life. Of
0: course. And then
1: once we get that done, then the documentary will uh, be done and hopefully that'll be out in 2024 and we'll start shopping into like film festivals and and stuff like that. You are
0: doing really, really important work. I mean, that is tremendous.
1: Thank you. I'm trying. Yeah. But it, we, I mean, we need it. We we need it, you know.
0: And you, you have to come up with creative ways for people to pay attention.
1: Yeah. Well, like, yeah, I guess the screaming and yelling wasn't work. So it's like maybe if I make a zombie <laughs> pic, uh, people start listening to us, you know.
0: No, I think. But that's we have to think outside of the box because, you know, it gets it gets to be tiresome. It, you know, you're you're holding up that boulder every day going up that hill uh, and, you know, you there are some days you wake up and you're just like, I don't want to do this anymore, you know, but if I don't do it, who's going to?
1: That's a, you hit the nail on the head on like most mornings. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, there are a lot of mornings where it's like, oh, my God, do I have? But yeah, who else is going to do it? Yeah. You know, and then if and, and I, you know, there are a lot of people in our field that, that feel like that. You know, there are a lot of people that are, are really working their tails off to get this done. I mean, you know. Making the two movies at the same time. I mean, you know, we have uh, John Miola as the supervisor of that team. Um, Mark Grant and, and Ebony Hartwell are staff in that. And they have, you know, Ebony and Mark have an entire classroom of individuals to worry about while also trying to get this, this movie done and edited and everything. And that's a lot of what the documentary will show. Mm-hmm. Like that, you know, it's still we're not filmmakers. Right. So we still have a job to do while we're still trying to get this, this movie done and Mm -hmm. made and edited. And, um, the documentary will, will show like the trials and tribulations of us getting the movie done while also, uh, illustrating, yeah. And illustrating the field as a, as a backdrop, um, you know, looking at wages and looking at, uh, lack of funding and looking at, you know, all the film equipment we got, like I, I did a ton of networking just getting donations because we don't have the funds to get any of this stuff. How did you do that? Oh, I've I've become really obnoxious. (laughs) 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 I've I've actually gotten really, like, I just, I ask. I ask as much as I can. Like, you know, if someone, I mean, that's actually how it happened with Josh, our director. Uh, His wife posted on Facebook, have a bunch of old film equipment if anyone wants it. Mm -hmm. And I immediately, I didn't know her. I immediately messaged her and said what we what we are and, and what we're trying to do and she was like, All right, uh yeah, you got it. Like that's something we'd love to be a part of. Wow. And then she said, My husband's a filmmaker, so if he can do anything. I'm like, Well, funny you should because i 'cause works. I'm gonna ask him. Um uh, but yeah, I did a lot of just uh asking and uh our communications department has taken notice of a lot of what I'm doing, so they've actually helped a lot with networking. Um but, you know, I, I I guess I've gotten to a point where if they say no, then it's going to be your loss because yeah, exactly. there's something special happening mm-hmm. here. And if you don't want to be a part of it, then...
0: Are there any mm-hmm. places or different countries where people are treated better than they are here? Is it new, just New York? Are there other states doing it better? What do you think?
1: I don't know if there are any other states doing it better. I think it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's it's pervasive. Uh, countries i 'd have to actually do my research on that i 'm not one hundred percent sure how different countries do it, but in all honesty New York probably does it pretty good, which really? is is sad um, you know it is uh, a pervasive issue across the country. Um, you know could New York do things better absolutely okay. I mean you know we went to albany um, it's the beginning of this year mm-hmm. I think it was the beginning of the year advocating for uh, an 8.5% cost of living increase, cost of living adjustment, a COLA. Um, you know, they came back with four. Mm. Uh, f- yeah, four. So 85 and they gave us four. Um, that doesn't help much. No. You know? Um, so it's, it's again, be, trying to be that, that squeaky wheel. So things like that in New York, they can do better. But I do think New York probably does a lot of things pretty good. Um, but again, it's... We're not recognized. We're not that squeaky wheel. We're we're not getting the attention. Um, you know, I was I wasn't happy with. I, I you know I was optimistic with Hochul, um, mm-hmm. and then when the the four percent came back, I was like, <sighs> yeah. <sighs> and and, I, and unfortunately, I think it's pervasive as far as like both parties. Um, yeah. I don't I don't get caught up when people argue back and forth. I'm like, I, unfortunately, I think collectively. Both parties don't really care about people with disabilities. Mm. I think there are individuals, absolutely, probably on both sides of the aisle, that do care. But collectively, you know, I want, if anyone's listening and, and is going to mediate the, 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 any debate, yes. ask the question. What's your stance on disability rights? What's your stance on, on salaries for workers with people with intellectual disabilities? Just someone ask the question. Mm. You know, the question's not, like, that's how bad it is, you know, that, that the question's not even asked. And I get it. Like, it's politics. Like, they'll circle around the question. I get Like, I don't know if we'll get a serious answer, but I'd love to hear the question get asked. Yeah. You know?
0: And how do people approach—I'm just—you know, how do people get into a facility like yours? How—what kind of red tape do you have to go through to get that done?
1: Um— it's some red tape. It's not, it's not a lot of red tape. Okay. Um, the, the biggest issue, honestly, in our field as far as that is the education system into the adult system, okay. the transition's rough, and there has not been enough, um, enough resources put in place to assist families in that adjustment. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the lack of funding in our field, in the adult services industry, um, we don't have the staffing. Yes. So you could have a child with an intellectual disability who goes through the education system, and if you've seen classrooms, you'll have like a teacher, a teacher's or two teachers aides. Someone has a one to one. Like you literally could see a special ed classroom with ten individuals and five staff people doing different roles. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen in the adult world, right? And that's that's a culture shock for a lot of parents that they're used to their kid getting one on one services yep. and they get into the adult world and it's 10 adults to two staff. Yeah. And it's a much different, and, and you know, like you're any human being, if, if someone sits with me and tells me step by step, like I I am not mechanically inclined at all, but if a mechanic s- sat with me and whatever, re- repairing a carburetor mm-hmm. and, gave, and just sat with me and went step by step by step by step. I could probably follow each step and fix it. Yeah. That doesn't make me a mechanic, doesn't mean I'm good at it, he just talked me through. So when you have a child that has a one-to-one in the education system and they're doing things, unfortunately the parents think they're at this higher level and they get into the adult world and they're not getting that one-on-one treatment. Yeah. And then it, in the adult world we're forced to tell parents, sorry but your kid's not. As, as I don't want to say smart, but as uh, they're not at the level that you thought right. they were. Yeah. And a lot, of, and I understandably, a lot of parents are like, you know, shook by that. Yes. Um, and it's, it's a nature of the beast. And I don't know where what's to happen or, or where the, the, uh, the services should be put in, mm-hmm. but it's a big gap between educational child services and, and adult services. And there really should be something in the middle that yes. really uh, assist parents more effectively.
0: I know a few moms that, you know, work their job, but also have, uh, children that need assistance in their classroom. And it's like, they'll tell me that they, they have to go to every board meeting. (laughs) They have to keep on it with the principal and the teachers. Uh, you know, and and I just I think God bless them. But talking to you, I mean, they have to realize that their child is going to become an adult, and the adult is going to need those types of services as well.
1: Yeah, and it's it's all. I mean, it's the nature. The squeaky wheels, like the nature of everything. Yeah. In our field, and there's there's so many. I mean, there's so many stories. I'll tell you another story. Yeah. This is when I first started in the field, and this this guy I was working with, he was nonverbal, in a wheelchair. Um, needed assistance with just about everything. Um, his name is Jimmy. And I remember the first meeting I had with Jimmy's mom and oh my God, I did not like her. Mm. Like she was one of those really abrasive. <laughs> and I remember I remember distinctly in the meeting saying like Jimmy got angry and she's like, my son does not get angry. I was mm. like, oh no. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm, like, straight out of college. Like, I'm trying to, like, <laughs> navigate. And I'm like, uh, okay, okay, your kid doesn't get angry. You're, he's upset. He's agitated. What should I say? Yeah. Um, and I just, I sh- basically, I'm like, she hates me. I don't really like her. Like, it's, and honestly, sadly, what happened, like, over, um, it was, like, the next year, and, and Jimmy started looking, like, really pale, and he didn't look right. He, he looked like he was sick, and. We kept calling the residents and they're like, he just got a cold. He's fine. And they kept sending him back in and I'm like, he doesn't look right though. We kept calling. They kept sending him back in and then it was time for another meeting. And his mom was there and his mom walked in and she's like, he doesn't look right. And she took him. He had leukemia. Mm. And um, unfortunately yeah, he passed away within the next couple months. And again, I'll never forget another like, I'm sorry if I'm bringing this down. No, but, I want uh, you
0: to tell me these um, stories.
1: But the mom like grabbed me and hugged me mm. and said, I'm so sorry, Jimmy didn't get to work with you longer. Oh. And I was like, I'm thinking that she hates me. Oh. And she was, but she was just advocating. Yes. She was just being a fierce yes. advocate. These, and-
0: these moms that I know, you don't want to mess yes. with them because they, and, and a lot of these moms are so great because they give me good advice and my advocacy. And it's like, you can't stop. You can't let anybody stop you, and I feel like that's—it lights a fire in you, and it can be taken for, forgive me, bitch, being a bitch, <laughs> but there's there's motivation to that. It's because you are fighting for your child, and there— that can be sort of misconstrued sometimes. Yeah,
1: and because because you're not trained for it, you know, no one trained yeah. her in, like, in the art of debating when she had a child that was born with a disability. And yeah. you know, I talk about rolling that boulder uphill. Like, yes, you know that that child was born, and that mom, for better or worse, was told, "All right, you have to start rolling that boulder."
0: Yes, and
1: from that the, the moment that child was born, if you're a parent of a kid with a disability, like you're you're rolling that boulder uphill, and and yeah. everything is is pushing against you you know again when you see the the stats on abuse um it's it's scary it it really is scary and and there is it's time it's it's 2023 we we came out of the pandemic we know the stats we know uh what's happening it's it's time to come out of this it's time to it's time for every program to make a, a documentary or make yes. your zombie film um oh. you know it's it's time for Uh, things to be better for people with disabilities. You know, it's just time.
0: Don't go anywhere. We'll have more of the Janice Dean podcast right after this.
1: You know, I I mentioned before the entrepreneurialism group that I run uh, at Tarrytown. Um, Luce, Levette and Claire are three wonderful women that, that make crafts. They make jewelry. Um, Levette started making soaps and that's all out of like our entrepreneurialism program. And, They all, you know, Luce and LeVette have dreams of opening up their own store someday. Claire, she wants to make enough money to have egg drop soup once a week. So everyone has different definitions of success. But like every program should have an entrepreneurialism program. Why are people with disabilities not being exposed to that? Right. You know, I'm not saying there's no shame in the world. If your job in the community winds up being bagging groceries, I'm not throwing shade on that. But when it comes to people with disabilities, that should not be their only choice. Yes. If you choose to bag groceries, cool. Cool. Right. As long as we offered you 10 other different choices and you made the choice to bag groceries. But we're in 2023. We have things like Etsy. We have things like YouTube. We, we can teach people with disabilities to run their own podcasts. We have talk to text. If someone can't read or write but they can talk, they can have a blog. They can, they can get their, their words out there. We, we need to embrace technology more within the field Mm. and we need the funding and resources to bring the technology in we should not be doing the same things in dayhab that we did 30 years ago that's i mean for most of us in the world we're not doing the same things we did two years ago right (laughs) because tech keeps turning over yeah If, if you're running the same activities with people with disabilities um that you've been doing for ten, 20, thirty years there's something wrong and it's mm-hmm. systemic yeah, and we can't get the funding you know a, a couple of years ago we were able to get a grant where we brought some tech in and it was wonderful just to see you know people with disabilities having a leg up yes. you know having the, the technology and watching them uh, succeed and you know loose one of our entrepreneurs like she got an iPad in the um, with the tech grant and We're like, I should do like a commercial or something for your, for your store. And she, she figured it out and she, she taught herself how to edit it. And she put together a little video like promoting her store. And I'm like, these are the things like we don't know there's disability, but we, we're not knowing the level of ability because we're not giving the resources.
0: That's exactly it. You know, and there's one thing, you know, with the whole nursing home advocacy that I've been doing is I want to highlight the wonderful angels that do this. You know, there are amazing people. Yes. Like you said, it's a calling for them. Uh and those people need to have a spotlight on them because not everybody does this work. Um they truly, I feel like that it's like God, you know, gave them this something in their lives that made them want to do this.
1: Yeah, I'm not you know it's fine. I'm not I'm not terribly religious, um, but I believe there's something. Yes. I believe there's something. And yeah, I've had a lot of that lately where like, whether it's God or, or the universe or whatever it is, is kind of keep saying, all right, you're, you're on the right path. So just keep, keep doing what, what you're doing and then keep putting one foot in front of the other. And even when it feels like, um, an eight ton boulder, um, you know, just keep pushing. Maybe you don't get as far up the the hill today, but Um, just keep pushing and and you're right. There are a lot of, um, amazing people and, you know, as much as we need the resources, there are amazing people out there that are, are pushing things forward. Um, you know, there's a woman, Kim Kazmarek in Sleepy Hollow, who's opened up a coffee shop employed totally by people with disabilities Mm -hmm. and, you know, we've networked with them and they, she's carrying our entrepreneur's jewelry in, in her store, um, one of the people with disabilities at Tarrytown is an amazing artist. Wow. So he's become their resident artist and he yeah. sketches customers. So,
0: oh, I love it.
1: Um, yeah, so it's it's uh, getting out there and networking and finding those like-minded people because there are some amazing people and there are people out there that really want to do good and and are, are in the mock. So like for me as a curriculum supervisor and I can get out and do things like this and I keep telling people like I'm not I'm not done until I'm sitting in the Oval Office advocating for this. (laughs) So that's that's my so whether it's sitting in front of the governor or a microphone in front of me in front of Congress or in the Oval Office like I'm I don't know if I'll get there but I feel like if you if you put like a lofty goal in front and that's that's the motivation so i'm not there yet mm-hmm. and again i appreciate you putting a microphone in yeah. front of me today and being able to say this but yeah i'm not sad i said i'm not satisfied till i get in the oval office and, I, and my josh is gonna hate me when he listens to this but i <laughs> i said to him i was like i'm i'm in this movie with the idea of accepting the best oscar for best oh, documentary I so love it. that's my motivation yes. i we might not get there but at least my my motivation is I am. You're going pushing, for yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. I'm going to go for it. Right? And whether it happens or not, like we're going for you it. You put
0: it out into mm. the universe.
1: Yes. Um. He hates when I say it though because he I... he is a filmmaker and he's like, don't say that. <laughs> like, don't say that. Like, like, um... <laughs>
0: well, then I'll say it. You put it out there in the universe because you never know if the universe is going to listen. Yes. And they, and I think, I think it does a lot of the time in some in subtle ways, um, and you know I know people here that might write down a question for a presidential candidate that has to do with folks that have disabilities.
1: I would very much appreciate that.
0: Because <laughs> I think, I think I have a few friends that might be able to help with that.
1: Thank and you. Because
0: uh, I want to hear the answer because I think all Americans need to hear the answer.
1: Uh, yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, that, that's like hitting the nail on the head. Um, they need to. And it's just knowing that it's an issue that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That we're, and we're not going to let you off the hook. That's right. Um, we're done. And, and getting to, to be out there and, and posture a bit and talk about it. it it's you know, some, I just hope with, with the networking I've done and people I've talked to and volunteers I've been able to bring in. Um, you know, I created a really rich volunteerism program uh, in the Hudson Valley. Um, I'm just hoping that someone with money at some point decides, you know what, that guy doesn't have a good stance when it comes to dis- people with disabilities, I'm not writing him a check, you know? Cause I mean, that's where we start to get hurt. I think uh-huh. when it's like, all right, yeah, people aren't going to support you mm-hmm. um, with votes or financially, if you don't have a stronger stance on disability rights. Correct. And, and it's, we kind of have to be a little bit obnoxious about that.
0: Yeah. Because everyone knows someone or has someone in their family that deals with this. I mean, it's, it's not foreign
1: No, it's not. And when you start to really get into it, like, yeah, everyone has, you know, the amount of people I've talked to where it's, you know, oh yeah, I have a cousin with autism or, or my friend has a daughter with cerebral palsy and, you know, things like that. And, you know, being able to kind of get out there and and talk about it, it, it's kind of like you were saying before, like the movie, like just seeing someone, oh, that's, that's me. And then that's like a, oh, I can do that because Mm -hmm. I just saw someone on the big screen doing it. Maybe I can do that. And you hopefully that eventually that eight ton boulder starts rolling downhill. That's right. And, and we start seeing like the the good stuff. And there's look, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, there's really a lot of good stuff in in the field. In fact, I I'm planning on starting my own podcast calling it The Good Stuff. And good just, for you. And just talking about the positive stuff yes. in the field because there we have to talk about both. Um, but sometimes we don't talk enough about the positive, and, and there is a lot of positive in, in working with people with disabilities. Um, you know, is, is incredibly rewarding. Um, I, I am, I'm honored to work with the people I work with. Um, I get emotional when I, uh, talk about them and, and what they've achieved. Um, because every time as staff, we put something in front of them to achieve, they always rise to the occasion and that's a beautiful thing. And that's a, that's a a privilege to get to be a part of that. we just need government and funding to kind of fall in line and, and recognize, uh, the beauty and the, um, wonderful work that, uh, direct service professionals do on a daily basis.
0: So to the person who's sitting and listening to this podcast and says, Ken, I want to help. How can they help?
1: Um, well, okay. The organization I work at work at is called YAI. So you can always look at yai.org um, and check out that website, um, my personal, well, actually, my personal, my, my work email is kenneth.reedy at yai.org. Okay. Shoot me an email because, like I said, I don't care if you come to me and say, I'm a nuclear physicist, I want to volunteer. I'll bring you in. I don't care if, like, none of us understand, including myself, understand what you're talking about, but we'll get something out of it. Because um, there are times, even like, there's this great market research firm behaviorally in New Jersey, and I was able to set up a a curriculum with them learning about market research. And we set it up because I just keep saying yes. It's like, oh, you want to, yeah, sure. Come on, you'll do something. (laughs) And then I'm going there, I'm going to the offices. I'm like, what am I doing? I have a group of intellectual disabled adults, like going to a market research firm. Is anyone going to understand anything? Am I going to understand anything? Like, and oh my, they were so good. They, oh. they just, they roast the occasion. Chris was there. Chris is like, because they do a lot of stuff with like labels and, and how labels yes. attract. And he started asking all these wonderful questions about labels and colors and why this color. And Lavette wound up engaging in this financial conversation with the, the CFO. And I was just like... This is amazing. That's so, amazing. So if you want to come and volunteer <laughs> at YI, I don't care what your profession is. We will bring you in. Teach what you want to teach. Come in and just hang out with the, a group. Uh, share your knowledge. Um, honestly, if you shoot me an email, uh, the, the film, uh, you know, Josh has been amazing. Um, but he's been doing it gratis. Um, he was so moved by the group that he's doing it for free. So if you're interested in getting... Involved in the film or would like to donate in any way, shape, or form to the film or to YI in general. Um, again, you can contact YI or just shoot me an email.
0: How smart that the idea of the film. Uh, when do you think that's going to come out?
1: The, uh, the zombie pick or the yeah. dog? Yeah, well right. both. Okay, so the, the... If it all works out... Yes. <laughs> We're putting you it out to know. the universe. We're putting it out to the universe. We're hoping that the zombie pick will be done uh before the end of the year. Okay. Um I have been told the edited trailer for the documentary will be done and ready to share virtually um by the end of this month. Okay. So as long as the now getting right to the, so if the zombie pick is done before the end of this year we're hoping Probably first half of 2024 okay. that the documentary will be ready for release, and the plan then is just shop it to film festivals and and get it out there. But I I, I really think it's going to be a wonderful film. I was again, I'll show you. Don't I, tell anybody, but I I'll won't. show you the I'll show you the trailer. I'm excited. Um, But it's just it's it's people it's people driven and and, and it's really a wonderful um to me it's online I've watched you know anytime there's someone with a disability in a movie I'll watch it yes it's unlike any the feel you get from the documentary trailer is unlike anything I have felt before and I'm I'm really proud of it and um you know after watching the trailer um I I think it's going to find an audience I really do I think it's going to find an audience
0: and I'm going to help with that. Thank you, <laughs> Ken Reedy. Thank you for being here oh, and thank to you be so continued. Uh, like I said, I've got some things up my sleeve.
1: <laughs> that makes me happy. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> you get things done, so <laughs> I'm excited now.
0: I like new projects. <laughs> All right, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thanks again to Ken for joining me today for a very important discussion that left me wanting to help and advocate alongside of his mission. Despite the frustration and the tremendous hurdles he and others face when it comes to caring for the disabled, there are a lot of good things we can focus on and encourage. Ken says, just imagine what they could do with proper funding for materials and fair wages so that staff doesn't have to work two or three jobs or apply for government assistance. We need allies to help us in this fight, and if just one person hears this interview and decides to help, then that is a step in the right direction. Thank you to all of my listeners. If you have someone you think should make the Dean's List, let me know at Janestine on Twitter or FNC on Instagram. Or you can rate this podcast.